Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Welcome to our study of a series I have entitled, As in the Days of Noah. That phrase comes from the Olivet Discourse. In the last week, Passion Week, before Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, resurrected, and then 40 days later went into the heavenlies, he preached on the Mount of Olives what is referred to as the Olivet Discourse. He made a statement, Matthew 24, verse 37, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. That's a five-hour series that I have on CD, a audio series that will help you understand the times in which we're living. What he says in this passage of Scripture is that when you replicate the days as they were in Noah's time, you can recognize that is the time of his coming back to the earth. May I invite you to take a few moments now and listen to an introduction to this series as it was in the days of Noah. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 24 is where we want to start and spend some time in tonight. This is one of the great prophecy conferences of all time. Matthew 24. Let me just set the stage for you, Matthew 24. In the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus takes his disciples. They leave Capernaum. They walk into the upper Galilee. They go to the northeastern extremity of the state of Israel, or at that time, uh, what was Israel itself as well. They go to the foothills of the Hermon mountain range, Mount Hermon is the highest mountain range in all of Israel, any connection with Israel. It's 9,700 feet high. They went up there to a place called Caesarea Philippi. Uh, Along the way, Jesus is teaching his disciples. Just before he leaves in the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew, he's confronted by the Pharisees, and they ask him for a sign. And he responds by making this statement. He said, you have all the signs you need. She said, look, you know how to look at the sky the night before and tell me what the weather's going to be the next day. But yet you're not able to discern the signs of the times. They're right in front of you. And if you can tell me what the weather's going to be the next day, you ought to be able to discern the signs of the time. By the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but the weather forecast is the most listened to radio broadcast and the most watched television program in all of the world. More people watch television for the weather and or listen to the radio for the weather. I mean, stop and think about it. What's the first thing probably you do when you get up? Turn it on. You want to know what time it is. You want to hear what the weather's going to be so you know what you're going to be able to do the rest of that day. And But Jesus used that analogy to say, start looking at the signs of the times. From that point then, he takes his disciples into the Galilee. When they're in the Galilee, that is the location, Caesarea Philippi, where Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's the next chapter, chapter 17. He had made mention in the last, cha- uh, last verses of chapter 16 that there would be some living there with him at that time that should see him in his glorified body in his kingdom to come. And that prophecy would be fulfilled as well because they go across up in uh, uh, the uh, little river there at Caesarea Philippi up on the mountainside. And that's where the transfiguration took place. And indeed, they saw Jesus Christ 
at least three of them did, Peter, James, and John, the inner circle, they saw him in his glorified body. That's the location where Peter said to him, uh, let's put up three tabernacles. That's not talking about putting up three monuments. Uh, Moses and Elijah and, and Jesus were there. It's not what it's talking about. It's a prophetic significance to that because a tabernacle is really a sukkah. And a sukkah is a thatched hut which is what they used during the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, to remind them during that seven-day period they sleep or eat or stay in the sukkah of what happened when they came out of the Egyptian bondage and wandered in the wilderness for the 40 years. They lived not in the desert under the hot sun, but they lived in these sukkahs, these thatched huts or tabernacles that's referred to in Matthew chapter 17 for that 40-year period of time. And so Peter was basically saying, I guess we're now in the kingdom because that particular feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, will be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom in the future. And so that's exactly what he was talking about when he said, let's put up a, a three sukkahs, one for each of you. It was at this location in Caesarea Philippi where he started to teach his disciples prophecy. He had alluded to prophecy in many other locations, but it was here that he starts to teach them prophecy. In fact, what he does, first of all, is tell them that I'm going to Jerusalem. This is about six months ahead of time. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. I'll be buried, and then I'll resurrect after I get to Jerusalem, this is going to happen. So he starts to tell them what's going to happen in the future. It was at that time when Peter said that uh, that can't happen, he started to chastise the Lord for making the statement. The Lord looked to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. And you might remember that as you read through that portion of Scripture. They come back out of Caesarea Philippi. They come down through the Galilee. They come into Capernaum. They stay there for a couple of weeks. Then they make their way down the Jordan Valley, going into Jericho, 20th chapter now of the book of Matthew. Again, Jesus brings up this issue about going to Jerusalem. He's going to be crucified. He will be buried, and then he will resurrect after a three-day period of time. And so he's continuing to teach them prophecy. As we move now into Jerusalem, he comes up the backside of the, the uh, Mount of Olives. They had been in Jericho. They came through the Judean wilderness, that 20 miles, up to the city of Jerusalem, coming up the backside of the Mount of Olives. He gets to the peak of the Mount of Olives. He looks across the Kidron Valley. He sees the majestic temple standing there, 21 stories high. He sees the city of Jerusalem. He sees the Jewish people, and he starts to weep. Now, the Bible tells us in two locations that Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. 35, it says he wept, and that's a trickle of a tear down his cheek. But over here in Matthew, uh, and rather in Luke chapter 19, and verses 40 and following, he starts to weep, and it's meaning basically that he is sobbing uncontrollably as he thinks about what is happening and what is going to happen. Because his on this day, he is fulfilling the prophecy. In fact, he makes the statement, he said, if you would have simply paid attention to what was going on in the word of God, you would have known I was to be there today. He was referring to Daniel chapter 9, verses 25 and 26, where it said, from a certain period in time, until he would be presented as the Messiah, would be number 483 years, or 69 of a 70-week period of time, 69 sevens, of a 70 of 7 period of time, or 173,880 days on the dot. 
He didn't show up a day early. He didn't show up a day late. He showed up the day he was to be there. And he's teaching his disciples again prophecy. He's saying, if you'd have read the book and all of those standing around heard him, overheard this, you'd have known I was to be here today. Well, the triumphal entry takes place. And he, again, is teaching them prophecy. He goes down. By the way, that triumphal entry taking place on Saturday, not on Sunday. There's no such thing as Palm Sunday. He goes down on Saturday. If you look at the chronology during that period of time, you would know that's true. So don't pay attention to uh, tradition. Pay Pay attention to what the Word says. He goes down on Saturday. He walks into the temple He looks around. Everything seems to be all right. He goes down as the potentate, the king of kings. He returns back up to the Mount of Olives. He spends the night with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus over in Bethany, favorite place for him to stay when he was in that area. Comes back to the Mount of Olives the next day, goes across into the Kidron Valley, uh, and then he goes up to the Temple Mount. He goes into the temple, and this time, which is now Sunday, Uh, And the reason I know this is because there weren't any money changers there the day before because that was the Shabbat, that was Saturday, that was the Sabbath, and money changers don't show up. Had they been there the day before, he'd have thrown them out that day. Now he comes down on Sunday, he throws the money changers out, goes back up to the Mount of Olives, over to Bethany, spends the night with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, comes back the next day, goes down into the temple area, and he starts to teach. You see, the first day he came as the potentate, the second day he came as the priest, and the third day he comes as the prophet, and he's starting to teach. He teaches on the Mount of Olives. That would be Monday. Thank you very much for joining with us to study as it was in the days of Noah. That is a series taken from the Olivet Discourse, recorded in Matthew 24 and 25, Mark 13, and Luke 21. This phrase, as it was in the days of Noah, gives us evidence as to how soon it may well be when Jesus will shout, the archangel will shout, the trumpet of God will sound, and we will be caught up to be with him. Jesus said, when you replicate those days as they were in Noah's day, that's the time that I will be coming. And as we continue to study this, you'll understand we are indeed living in those days. If you're interested in our CD series, As It Was in the Days of Noah, you can go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, or you can call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298. This way, you'll be able to have your own copy of the five-hour CD audio series as it was in the days of Noah. Thank you very much for listening to this short segment of this series. And uh, let me just remind you, everything that we've said in this study is indicative of the fact we are quickly approaching the time when Jesus will shout, and we'll be caught up to be with him. Having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until.